You're listening to the AIM Group podcast. Inspire, develop, empower. Hi, my name is Natalie. Welcome to today's episode of the Inspiration Station. This is your first stop on your journey to reaching your potential. We hope you enjoy the ride. So welcome everybody. Nice to see you all back with us. So this week, I would like to introduce you to a young man who is completing a degree apprenticeship. So do you just want to introduce yourself? Yep. So I'm Alex Christie. I've been doing my apprenticeship since 2016. I started on a level three BTEC apprenticeship in engineering and I've moved on to the level six engineering degree in civil engineering. So for those people that always ask me what comes after you finish your first apprenticeship sometimes it's another apprenticeship (laughs) yeah but don't worry the money does go up as you do that oh we'll talk about that as we go along then exactly okay so I'm going to start with an icebreaker question before we get into it all though is that okay yep so I always ask everybody what did you want to do when you were growing up well uh I'm someone who's always sort of been obsessed with formula one okay but as soon as I found out that my hands were rubbish, I've oh. gone, hey, I could work as an engineering person in the background doing all of the data and sort of all of the science elements instead of one of the drivers. Maybe if I go into engineering, I can work towards that sort of goal later on. I'll be in the background of Silverstone yeah. or something. Yeah, well, sort of, yeah, doing all of the actual aerodynamics and all of the testing there. Amazing, amazing. So you are now on a level six. So just talk me through your journey. So level three B Tech, yeah, and so, the same company. Yeah. So my journey was basically I finished my GCSEs and started applying for apprenticeships. Yeah. I didn't get one in time before A levels, so I did one year of A levels, uh-huh. and then both the grades and myself knew that I didn't really want to do A levels. <laughs> okay. So, so throughout that year, I managed to get an apprenticeship with my company, WSP. And then I started a level three BTEC with WSP in the yeah. September of 2016. Did two years of the BTEC level three. Then there was a year gap while the apprenticeship standard that they wanted to put me on collapsed a little. And then civil engineering was the backup option, yeah. which is a more general term anyway, which is better for my further progression down the line because it means I can go into more fields and now I'm in the fourth year of the degree apprenticeship wow and how much longer do you have left um so I've just started the fourth year and it's five years overall okay the degree apprenticeship because how they do it is you normally have six modules in a year in a three-year degree and then for an apprenticeship they do four modules a year which means averages out to two years extra on the end fair enough fair enough so you got into an did you always wanted an apprenticeship so you did a levels by default really I I, I, do I I applied in the summer of the GC after doing my GCSEs yeah but I was still trying to figure out what I actually wanted to do as well so I was implying in the wrong areas and I didn't have the necessary interview skills or experience to get into the apprenticeship straight away so then I spent the year of A-levels also getting compensation from my school allowing me to go up to London every so often for assessment centres and interviews and all of this information so apprenticeships were sort of my goal 
from straight after GCSEs. It just took me a while to get there afterwards. So are you that sort of learner where you need to be hands-on? Is that why apprenticeships were appealing for you? Well, the the reason that apprenticeships were appealing to me is that when I did work placements at secondary school, I did one with UK Power Networks. Mm-hmm. And as part of that, I really enjoyed learning their different aspects of their work. And I also felt like I could contribute now to that kind of work, not in a big way, but in a small understanding way. So I was yeah. wanted. The best example from that work placement is that as part of it, they got me to do a safety test, okay. health and safety training session, which I passed first time. Oh, nice. And I, yeah. And, and after I did that, I talked to them afterwards and they were saying, but because they were used to like old standards and all of this, they're like, oh, it took me three times to pass that training in the first place because of what of my old teaching. So oh, there was true. obviously a natural understanding of the standards there. Yeah which, yeah, which then made me feel that I could take that step into the world of work instead of having to do the full academic path and then get a job afterwards. Yeah. So WSP you work for, yeah? Yeah, WSP. Perfect. So they, what do they actually do? What's, what's that company like? Uh, so they, they do all forms of engineering, really. They have acoustics all the way to like zoology type engineering. Yeah, my specific team that I work in is railways, and I work on the construction and logistics side, which is taking your existing land and turning it into the proposed design by an architect or by the client you're working for, or a development team, and basically going, "This is how you build it." At the end of the day, and you're making sure it's still standing by the time making sure it's still standing, and also telling them how long it will be, and going. Oh yeah, you know your two-year program. That's that doesn't work. That's out the window. Yeah, that's out the window. Here's how you actually do it. (laughs) Oh dear. So within that role, then, so can you? What else can you tell me about the role? What you actually do? So obviously, you're very heavily involved in the drawing and stuff. Are you making sure that's all going to be right? The measurements. Um, So I do sort of staging, Mm -hmm. which is where we go through the construction methods to get to your end product. Right. So one of the examples I have from working is as part of our job, we had to replace a major route on the railways. And the initial program, which came from the client side, yeah. had, had three years of weekend possessions. Weekend possessions is when you go to the train station and it's closed on the weekend and you can't get anywhere. But after us looking at it, we managed to come up with a solution, which... Yeah. You could do out of possessions where you built a lot of the structures offline, which means that sort of you built all of the railway and sort of all of the track in signaling and sort of the big gantries you see at all of the major stations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You could build them before before having to connect into the existing track and just allow the existing track to continue as long as you're hoarded off, put a fencing up, make sure you have the area taped over. Yeah. And sort of build up from there with just having one big possession at the end to connect it all into the existing network wow and just go like go we're live do uh 20 days at the end of the three years to connect everything up which for most people is a lot better wow so it's not just building then per se is it it's obviously that's that's also like 
public transport and such. I bet people were going, I wonder what stations were closed. They go, oh, no, they didn't close them, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was in the Midlands. I'll guess uh, that's, that's as much as I'll say on that. It was in that's the Midlands. That's as much as I'm allowed to say. It's yes, top secret. That's as, much, <laughs> that's as much as I'm allowed to say about a project that people don't know. About. <laughs> that's absolutely fine. I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay, so, so when you applied for WSP, that was like the only one um, ongoing at the time, or um, did you have a few? Well, uh, so as I said, at the end of my GCSEs, I started applying for apprenticeships. Mm-hmm. The first one I applied for was actually UK Power Network, so I did the work experience with. Yeah. But because it was a lot more of a hands-on job, which I don't think I'm particularly good at, it ended up me not being able to get that job because I didn't have the practical skill available for it. And I was much better at the idea stage, which is sort of design, which WSP is more towards. It did take me a whole year of applying in this sort of field to get the final apprenticeship. Mm -hmm. But I must have got sort of my interview skills down to a fine art because at the end of the year, I ended up with two options. Oh, okay. Yeah, at the end of it, I ended up with two options, which means I must have got the patter down for getting my <laughs> getting my apprenticeships there. And I picked WSP just because it was it was a company that had more options, more uh, what's it called, more quivers to its bow. Yeah, where sort of I could move into any form of engineering within WSP compared to the second option, which was a lot more specialised. Right. And sort of that would mean I'd had to make the commitment kind of straight away to a very specific type of engineering, which wouldn't have been as good for expanding as a career. Yeah. So you prefer having that scope, don't you? You don't yeah, want to be kind of pigeoned. Yeah. yeah, that's what civil engineering is, because civil engineering is any any physical object built in the world, from mm-hmm. buildings to tracks to platforms. It's all anything that's physically built is classed as civil engineering. Right. So civil engineering is the widest cast net of any of the engineerings. Yes, I get told a lot by students in school, I want to go and be an engineer, I want to go and be an engineer, but actually it's vast. And every time I talk to somebody within the engineering industry, it's all very different. So I wouldn't have known exactly what civil engineering was to start off, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because they're all very different, aren't they? Yeah, they're they're all they're all very different. But if you're someone who wants to go into engineering but doesn't have that specific drive, civil engineering is the most wide cast of the options because it's to do with any structures built in the world compared mm-hmm. to mechanical, which is more to do with systems, sort of linking up different systems, and then electricity, which is something that isn't physical able to touch. No, so, don't like don't like the thought of electricity myself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So civil engineering is one where it's very obvious what's being built, and also yeah. it has the widest implications across the country. You can point to most things and go, "Oh yeah, they needed civil engineers to do that," or "Oh yeah, they needed civil engineers to do that." Oh, okay. So while you're undertaking this degree, then obviously you're partway through. So how are you managing that study time? So obviously we know that as an apprentice. Uh, you get 80% work, 20% study type of thing. How is that managed for your company? Well, uh, with my company, the management is, I get the one day a week to go to university. Mm -hmm. And then sort of the undescribed rule that I have with my manager, because that's 
what happens is you get close to your manager and they understand the difficulty of the time management. There's sort of a four to five hours a week that I can also spend on studying what was learned at university. Right. And getting to grips with that during work time, despite technically being on the job, but also it helps in the summer months when you need the legal 20% off the job training. Yeah. Because in that, in the summer months, you're just a full-time employee of the company. Yeah. So to meet, to meet the 20% becomes a lot more difficult because you're committing to projects a lot freer because you don't have that. I'm not available this day of the week to work on this. So doing it within the university time in the university terms means that you get the 20% out of the way basically by the end of May. Yeah. And then in the summer, they get the time back that they gave you during the university time oh, working on projects. So they view it like an investment, essentially, don't they? And you've got more work well, yeah. in the summer, haven't you? So, Well, yeah, yeah. most projects start up in the summer or yeah. sort of uh, midway through in the summer. Yeah. A, a lot of project cycles are based around the holidays. Like almost every deadline comes up at Christmas. <laughs> because that's just how the system works it's just, just very <laughs> it's basically you have Christmas then you get to Easter and all of the projects start up again at that point right because you've got the comments from the clients and the clients have got the funding from whether it's the government or whether it's from the private developer they get all of the go-ahead after that April so you tax have, year, isn't it? Yeah. yeah you do have that project cycles work as well which means the university actually works quite well within that framework of you have a lot of time in the beginning of the year where you can spend dedicated to the academic side instead of the work side and then in the summer it's full force Mm. working on different elements so the shape of your day when you have to go to a uni day then is that like um a lecture 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 type thing or do you get free time within that so you get time to Uh, organize your thoughts and it it's very much lecture 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 in our process it's nine to six p.m nine to six p.m where we have because we're getting to and dissertation for the end for the last year right so sort of there's our discussions for that and then there's two hours for each of the actual subjects that you're doing such as like uh, structures, soil mechanics, and those are sort of the things I'm working on at the moment at university. Do you you find it good, though? There's no other way to put it. Good doesn't seem like the right word, but do you find it good that you're going to uni, you're having your lectures and going, what the hell is that? But you might be putting it into practice the next week. And then also vice versa, you've probably done things you then get lectured about that you've you've done does it feel like a better way to learn because of that but yeah because uh the best example was in my last year there was a half module i won't go into the details about what half modules and full modules are but there was one that was all about construction management yeah and for that subject we were taught stuff but everything in that subject i already knew because for the past six years i've been in a construction management team dealing with all of these elements on a much bigger scale so that subject was one of the things where you you still listen to the lectures and you still give them your time but you can sit there and go I could I could do this at any time I don't need a pure focus on this which means I could then focus on the other modules which 
sometimes don't have as much relation to my working life. Yeah, at the moment. But I presume that you have all types of things that come up yeah. in the engineering world. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course you have you you touch on you touch on everything. Yeah. And there are certain ones which you know more about, but then there's also the subjects where you do have to move to the side for a little bit from your working world and sort of understand yeah this new subject to then apply it into the real engineering world so what what do you enjoy the most so far when you think about modules and things you've done uh but with the modules the ones that i've most enjoyed is dealing with uh bim and design bim and design is basically all of the modeling aspects of engineering so all of those architects renditions that you see on the news when new projects are announced a lot of that is then developed upon and you put all of the engineering assets into it. So sort of the services, the different types of escalators, bridges, all of this element, yeah. and you get a nice big overview of the design, which you can show to outside audiences as well. Yeah, so it's not just the concept. Yeah. It's more than that, like going, it's, this is actually viable if we did all of this. Yeah, 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 it's actually viable. And it's also a way that you can show all types of audiences instead of, the other stuff that I work on when I work on reports those are for mm. very much engineering people to understand all of the background information that we have as engineers and all of yeah. the standards that we're meeting but then oh we're frozen quite good oh we're just frozen then <laughs> okay yeah. um so I mean that's good do you do you need any extra support from uni like if you needed that can you do extra or is your well, tutor at, available at, at at university I have because I'm dyspraxic which means bad with my hands bad hand-eye coordination which means my writing's terrible so in exams I've been given the allowance of extra time yeah so that I can make sure that writing neatly doesn't cost me thinking time because those extra 45 minutes is what I use to make sure it looks okay. And then I've got the three hours like everyone else to actually work on the yeah. knowledge aspects, which I understand. It's just writing down has always been a problem for me. And so as part of the university, I've been given that support. That's amazing. Yeah. Good. So you, when if you had questions or stuff, is it all asked within? Because I didn't go to university and there'll be students that are 16 listening, thinking yeah, yeah. I want to go to uni. So if they have trouble with understanding what's going on in a lecture, for example, do they grab, because at school you would kind of grab the teacher after or raise your hand or whatever. Is that similar? Or do you have uh, a different way of liaising? Well, um, for us as apprentices, we have a more... The important thing when you go to university is that there will be other apprentices on the course mm -hmm. and the best way to work through most problems that you're having with a subject is to just work as a group of apprentices because they might literally be doing that every day at work as part yeah. of this so they can explain it separately to you as well so it's very important when you do an apprenticeship degree level that you meet those other apprentices so that you can all keep each other tracked and all keep each other with the deadlines because there's been plenty of times where you've reminded someone about a deadline that they forgot about and then there's been the opposite situation where you've forgotten about a deadline and then another apprentice has gone to you oh this is what we have to get done by next week two weeks time all of this information mm -hmm. and it's a it's something that helps a lot with supporting 
learning of the subject is keeping track of it all yourself might sound like a simple thing but it can get a bit overwhelming so if you have people yeah. to, if you have people who are there as sort of like a backup of we didn't have this to do for this date right and then they give you a yes or no answer it's better <laughs> than you having to search everything up look through all of the timetables make sure make sure there's no new emails it's much easier just to ask someone who's probably already double checked things and then they'll tell you it's okay now or yeah. we've got this deadline coming up or we've got this coursework coming up so it's a lot it's it's working as a team as apprentices because you're all going through the same experience pretty much of Oh, I just lost you then. You just said we're all going through the same experience and then it literally went no. Yeah. So just repeat that last bit. Yeah. Yeah. So most universities use a system called Moodle, which has all of these online resources from previous years, from the current year, showing all of the lecture notes. And and it's all there, the information, but sometimes you need that extra apprentice support to just go, oh, it's in this folder down here in this area. For something that's been bugging you for a day or maybe two hours if you just yeah. go hey where's this and they can just tell you where that is and you end up simplifying it a lot when you just work in a group that's quite nice though, as well then you've got a whole sort of like few partners in crime if you like to yeah. kind of describe what goes on in their workplace because they're doing it and you can then visualize that from what they're describing to kind of go right I get it because I wouldn't yeah. get anything theory wise myself I'm not that good like that I need to be doing um yeah exactly understand something so it must be really good to have that sort of like camaraderie got each other's back (laughs) yeah it's it's good it's good to have it's good to make sure you have a group just so you have people to keep you on track as well Mm. because if you don't if you don't keep on track it can very quickly pile up but if you keep on track by asking the people you're normally set if there's if there's no one telling you you've forgotten this you idiot (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> in the group chat, then you know you're fine at the moment. Yeah, you need somebody to big, big brother you, I suppose, don't you? For want of a better way of saying it. So, what about your endpoint assessment? Do you know what's coming for your endpoint assessment? What happens for that? Uh, so, because of civil engineering, there's the Institute of Civil Engineers, mm-hmm. and the endpoint assessment for our apprenticeship is to become incorporated with the civil engineers. And to do this, you need a degree level. And then also you need to meet these knowledges, skills and behaviours. Yeah. A knowledge is stuff you've learned. Skills is what you can actually do in the real world environment. And then behaviours is sort of the more soft skill side. Yeah. Of sort of communicating with people and diversity, sustainability, all of these more softer skills that you can Mm -hmm. think about. And as part of that, we're supposed to do it as a combined thing where we keep track of what we do at work to tick off the knowledge of skills and then we get the degree at the end knock on wood <laughs> touch 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 yeah 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 knock on wood <laughs> to to do to pass the criteria for an incorporated engineer how yeah. the incorporation works is there's an eng tech which i got at the end of my btech which means you're qualified as a technician right which is more of a draftsman someone who does a lot of the drawing elements but not much of the so you have an understanding of you have an understanding of engineering but you're not on the edge of sort of being able to come up with imitative solutions you just understand what the engineering are saying to you sure incorporation is the level above which is what you get at the end of the degree 
which means you you can become an assistant engineer, which right. means you can you can start leading projects, you can start signing off reports, you can start signing off people's calculations. Okay, perfect. Sorry, we keep stuttering with signals. I'm just going to move just in case it's something wrong with my end. Bear with me. Right. Okay, so uh, what else was I going to ask you? Oh, I was going to ask you about your actual business that you work for. How are you liking that? What do you love about it? So obviously you've started and they're letting you grow up the ladder. They're letting you kind of do your thing. Yeah, what do you so- love? But what what I love about my job is the initial steps of it. Because in the initial process of civil engineering, it's where you get to do a lot of the problem solving and a lot of sort of research, looking up new innovative techniques of how to build certain certain items, which is yeah. where you get to have that fun of going, oh, there's this new product in Norway or there's this new product in Israel that we can bring over and build this 10 weeks faster or with less labor on site or safer. And you sort of get this excitement of discovering these new elements that you can bring over to the project you work on and go, wow, we are streamlining the process for the future in this country by using techniques which haven't yet been brought over. And sort of that's the exciting part of the job is you end up getting that being on the edge of what comes next. Yeah. For the country and for the world, and how we can make everything safer and quicker to that, build, so that we can have a better landscape for the future. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Because you're in that sort of um, problem solving. You know, is this going to work? Sort of like mindset with the job. Anyway, when new yeah. elements are introduced, it must be amazing to be able to then incorporate everything and see how it's going to work. So there are technologies and things out there we don't have in this country at all isn't there that we would love like i think is it in um uh some of the norwegian com- uh, countries they've got like roads that just de-ice themselves and we don't have that oh, yeah. we always we always moan as the british public don't we about how i see it <laughs> yeah we're, we're, we're not we're not prepared for weather incidents no we're but, really not but yeah but sort of uh something specific to what i've been working on is there's these new type of platforms at train stations that can start to be built which are made out of polystyrene. Oh, okay. Which means they make them a lot easier to cut and a lot easier to lift in because they're a lot lighter. Oh, yeah, they'll be so light. Yeah, which means you then end up being able to not shut down the railway to build these new types of platforms. Yeah. And they're... Sorry, carry on. It means that you you can lift them into place so much easier and it doesn't require much groundwork at all. It just requires... A little bit of digging up, which most projects do. Yeah. Into position, whatever shapes you require for that station. And then you just have your main bulky things like lampposts and signals built around it, which means that your foundations become less, which means you use less concrete. You have less time having to dig into the ground deeper. You don't need as big machinery to install all of these elements. And that's just a start to how you see these new solutions coming in, which just make the job easier. But it also means you can now start planning in a different way as well. Instead yeah. of going, oh, yes, this is 20 w- weeks to do a brick brick and mortar platform. It's now 20 days of night shifts to 
putting these eight to nine sections of platform that have been cut at the factory already and you just need to lift in with a very small lifter instead of a big massive crane if you're yeah. doing major steel sections as well it'll make such a difference won't it all those yeah. types of things it really will so i need to ask again about your actual job that you're doing what sort of job perks do you get being an engineer and working for that company what's what's brilliant about your company in that regard well uh, so the thing i like about wsp from a perk side is the quite obvious one that I'm working at home at the moment. I mean, we don't do the video, but there's a flexible working aspect to it because we're designers. Everything mm-hmm. can be sent by emails. Everything can be sent as different software packages to whoever requires it. So there is that ability to be flexible and be able to work from home or go into the office, depending on what's required at the time, which is a lot better than the having to commute every day, especially since mm-hmm. my job is in is in London and I live in Kent. Right. So there, there is a commute there that I was doing a little bit before the pandemic, but now I have flexible working after COVID. That's one of the key perks. Amazing. Then, yeah. And then as part of our office, they also do social events once a month where everything's paid for. It's <gasps> it's all paid for by the company. Exactly. Once paid a month? For by the company. I know once a month. And sort of one of the most recent ones we did is there's, this thing called Hijingo, where it's sort of Japanese neon sort of landscape and sort of it's a bingo with sort of prizes and also sort of music and sort of a bar as well to get stuff from uh, and sort of afterwards we also did karaoke <laughs> yeah I, I would definitely need a few drinks before I hit any karaoke not gonna lie yes, but but but, that, <laughs> but that's the thing it's when the drinks are free you've already got the few drinks well, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm with the wrong company. Sorry, Aim Group, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't. I just want to do the karaoke. I watch others. I'm a, I'm a spectator. That's my spectator sport. That. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to finalise then, if that's okay, with um, top tips. So I always ask everybody for three top tips. For any yep. budding apprentice hunters, students, things like that, that kind of want to get into um, where you are, or even you know any experiences you've had via college, uni, etc., and so on. What sort of three top tips would you give young people now? Well, yeah, uh, so with the application process, mm-hmm. I always use the government website because they do the great thing where there are a generic set of questions, which means you can apply for a lot at once without having to do too much work but then there are obviously employer specific questions that come up during all of those processes yeah and one of the key things when you have employer specific questions the best thing to do is to go onto their company website they'll have a section called values or values or commitments and certain aspects like that if you go on that yeah it'll be five or six of these words and just write one to two sentences for each of these values to just show the company that you at least understand their basic fundamental drive and their basic aims as a company. It makes you look a lot more specific for their company than just saying what you've done. That's my tip for the application process is look at companies' values because they do put a lot behind them. Uh They put a lot of money and they put a lot of investment. So if they instantly get someone, if they instantly get someone who's already understanding that, that saves them a lot of trouble. Yeah. 
then uh, when you get, if you get to an interview stage, you have to be vocal at assessment centers because these people could be seeing hundreds of people a day yeah. coming in, applying for the same role. So you have to speak up. For example, when I went for the WSP job, they got us to do a challenge where you had to build spaghetti, a spaghetti tower out with marshmallows to connect it all to make it stand. I've done that in schools, but yes, yeah, exactly. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the thing is, is that our tower collapsed as our group because we were rushing to beat the people ahead of us. <laughs> but but instead of being silent when they came to our group, I explained that we saw that this group was X amount higher than us. So we rushed to try and beat them here. And then we ended up with the tower collapsing. And that was what happened during that process. Instead of just silently going, oh, yes, I failed. Oh, it was bad. It's <laughs> about making, it's about explaining all of your decisions so they can see how you work as a person. And so they'll remember that. Ah, oh, he was the person who explained to me why. Why he's so why competitive at this. Well, well, why, <laughs> why you don't, why you, why your tower collapsed instead of just, oh, they, they failed the group challenge. That was a bad tick against them. Yeah, yeah. And then if you do get into an apprenticeship job, always focus on the sort of qualification first because the company whatever company you work in, whatever industry you work in, they will know that you are more highly valued the higher qualified you are. So make sure that you keep on top of that as much as the work pressures build up. Make sure you are always committed to that because that's why they're investing so long-term in you is so they can have this qualified person that they've been able to shape and mold. Mm -hmm. It's not always about the work you're doing now. It's about the work they can see you doing in the future once you have the highest qualification needed for the role yeah so make sure that you focus on the qualification no matter how much job pressure is put on you and also keep track of the 20 percent off the job training <laughs> because it yeah. is something that can quickly get snowball away from you if you yeah. go oh I've, I've skipped it for the past month i've skipped it for two months and then you yeah. end up with four months at once and you go was that on the tuesday was that on the wednesday and then end up not being able to keep track of it which means you then fall behind with the time and then you yeah. have to make it up in some other way in the future yes yeah, so it's really hard to keep on top of that some people have found out who have done who I've worked with as a tutor so listen thanks ever so much it's yeah. been so so interesting for us um lovely lovely to hear from you and thank you so much for your time thank you for listening to the inspiration station if you want to learn more about apprenticeships or would like some help planning out your next career steps, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at The AIM Group UK. And make sure you're following us on here too, so you don't miss our next episode.